Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. So what exactly happened in the 2022 midterm elections? How did Republicans end up coming short? Is it as bad as the media is making it out to be? And what lessons should we learn? extremely positive to be able to talk about how we won the house by uh, you know a, a bunch of seats we picked up the senate gubernatorial seats the list goes on obviously republicans performance in the midterms was a little underwhelming however we, we also still don't have the full picture we're still awaiting results in the house we're still awaiting results in the senate so we don't know what the makeup of the house and the senate is actually going to be yet so i, I think it's unfair to fully write the story when it hasn't hasn't concluded, right? I mean, you can't really reflect on the midterm elections until we have the full results. But we're going to try to go through where things stand now and, and what you should know about it and perhaps some of the reasons why Republicans didn't have the red wave that so many people like myself were expecting. Before we do that, I just want to give a, a something that I've realized in working in politics for a long time because before I got into media, I was a campaign person. I was a political person. I worked on Capitol Hill for a few different members of Congress. I worked at the NRCC in the historic 2010 election. I've worked on campaigns. I was a communications director on one of the top Senate campaigns in the country in Wisconsin uh, during the 2012 election. I've worked on primary races. I was a vice president of a polling firm for a period of time. I've worked as part of consulting teams on top Senate races as well. So 
I've done a lot of this, right? And so when I'm giving my perspective, when I'm trying to dig in and get a fuller picture, it's not just based off of, uh, you know, just throwing stuff against a wall and seeing what sticks. It's basing it off of a lot of what I've learned, a lot of what I've seen. And I'm also talking to people who work on campaign committees, who work on these races, who are are pulling and, and looking at numbers in real time. So I sort of collectively put that all together and trying to look at what the electorate's going to look like, what an election is going to look like. But before we feel too beaten down about the state of things, I always go back to Time magazine. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Time put a cover of the, you know, the GOP elephant and said endangered species. And this was May 18, 2009. And, and what did Republicans do that 2010 midterm cycle? I know I was at the NRCC at the time. We picked up 63 seats in the House and six in the Senate. So, you know, elections can be swingy. They're all over the place. They change from election to election. So what happened this election cycle does not define what's going to happen in 2024. But that does not mean we should not try to learn lessons from it and, and try to get an idea of what happened. So for starters, what I want to start out with is it's infuriating that we don't have the results of the election. Right. And mail-in ballots are, are really the result of that. And what's wild is if you go back to presidential elections of the past, the Associated Press was able to call the 2012 presidential race for Barack Obama at 11.38 p.m. Eastern on election night. 2016, the AP called the election for Donald Trump at 2.29 a.m. Eastern time the next day after the election. But in 2022, with all the mail-in ballots, the AP didn't call the race until 11.26 a.m. Eastern on November 7th, four days after Election Day. And now as we are awaiting finalized results in states like Arizona and Nevada for the Senate races, they're saying we might not know the final conclusions until next week. Now, does that give you a great deal of confidence in our elections? I mean, particularly when you're looking at Arizona, where Katie Hobbs, the Democrat candidate in the gubernatorial race, is the secretary of state. And it also just raises questions because Democrats really try to set the groundwork for this. Remember that Joe Biden speech that he gave in primetime before the midterm election where he said this? Listen. We know that many states don't start counting those ballots until after the polls close on November 8th. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots. So obviously laying the groundwork there, Twitter also pushed this propaganda. It's welcome message before the election said it takes time to count all of the votes. We know that the media went in and reinforced this idea as well. And look, I mean, the use of mail-in ballots and absentee ballots has grown exponentially since COVID, right? Democrats really used COVID, uh, a virus which is about as deadly as the flu, to completely change the name of the game when it comes to elections. And they smartly did that, right? We were idiots for not fighting it harder, for not pushing back. And and now, you know, we're ruining that day. I mean, you look at the use of mail-in ballots and absentee ballots has grown exponentially from 20% in 2004, which was a presidential election, to 69% in 2020, presidential election. And then you look at states like Nevada, where we're still looking to see what the outcome of the Senate race there. Under Democrat control in 2021, they passed AB 321, which requires county clerks to mail all active registered voters a ballot at least 14 days before an election, making the state one of eight to offer universal 
mail-in ballots. And, and I know that everyone tries to tell us there's no concerns with mail-in ballots. This is what the media wants to say. But the reality is it just touches more hands than if you just go in and you make your vote. That's just the reality. Remember when former Attorney General Bill Barr had this to say in September of 2020 on CNN? Listen. Which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there and until this administration, no, well, sorry, they have improved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since this, since that time, there've been in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected. And I'm not concluding that the election was stolen. I have no evidence of that. But what I do think is that it undermines and it erodes confidence in the election when it takes this long to get the results. And also, if Democrats are so concerned about democracy, why would they not want to boost confidence in elections? And we know that it can be done to get the results accurately and in a timely manner because Florida's done it. You know, Florida's the third most populous state. They were able to give us results on election night, my home state of Florida, where I live now. You know, Florida has a population of 22 million people and they were able to get it done. So what excuse do some of these other states have with much lesser populations and not being able to produce the results of the election? So this is something that needs to change. But we also have to be honest with ourselves and we can't change it unless we win in some of these states and then go in and change the election laws. And unfortunately, to win in some of these states, we have to play the game. And the problem right now is Democrats spent four weeks turning out the early vote with mail-in ballots of encouraging early voting. And Republicans really tried to rely on one day on Election Day. You can't win under that scenario. You've got to encourage, or like even in Florida, I remember Governor DeSantis and his team were pushing the early vote. I even went out and early voted in Florida. Although Florida has tightened its election laws, so it, it looks a lot different here than it does in other states in terms of election te integrity. But point being is that we have to play the game that's in front of us, right? I, I know we want to change the game. I believe in changing the game. I just pointed out my concerns with mail-in ballots. But until that happens, you have to play the game. And the sad thing is you've, you had a, a heck of a lot of Pennsylvanians who voted early before even watching that debate when Fetterman completely fell apart on stage against Dr. Oz. And that's not right. That's not fair. But the reality is the reality. And so Republicans need a place smarter in this new era of politics where the name of the game has changed. And if we want to change it, as I do, you've got to win to do that. And then how are you going to win? you got to play the game that's in front of you. And then you can change the dynamics for more integrity once you win. Quick break. More in the 2022 midterms. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, 
safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. The second part of it is, okay. a a lot of us, like myself included, uh, thought that this would be a bigger election for Republicans, thought it would be a wave. I I still stand by that the dynamics were set up for a wave election. We just didn't get it done. I was pointing out earlier the reasons why I thought it would be a wave election and those things still stand. I mean, you look at the history of past elections since World War Two, the party out of power has picked up a net of 28 seats. And 43 seats when a president's approval rating was below 50. We have a president with an approval rating at 42%. This is a midterm election. History would demonstrate that this should have been big electoral gains in the House. Another thing to look at regarding the House and the electorate with the House is we only needed to net five seats to win the majority. There were less seats in play than maybe some prior midterm election cycles, meaning the margins were already tight in the House. There was less fertile ground. So we were never going to have a 60, you know, a net 63 night like we did in the 2010 midterm elections. But we should have picked up more seats than what we are potentially on track to pick up. That's also a fact. Another reason I was looking and thinking that it was going to be a big wave election was the environmental factors. Right. I I just mentioned a president with a 42 percent approval rating. The fact that we have 40 year high inflation, record high gas prices, All of these dynamics in play, environmental factors that would prove positive to Republicans, particularly since Republicans have always done better and did do better on those who thought the inflation was the number one issue, which it was, according to exit polling. 
I was also looking at where Democrats were spending time in the final days. And you had the Democrat Governors Association creating an independent expenditure committee in New York to boost Kathy Hochul, a state where Democrats outnumber Republicans two to one. You had the Clintons spending time there, Joe Biden spending time there all out for Hochul, which led me to believe that if they're spending time in a state like that, what does that mean for the rest of the country? We had Joe Biden also spending time in a state like Oregon, a deep blue state. And you had the first lady spending time in Virginia's 10th congressional district for Jennifer Wexton, which is a Biden plus 19 district. She spent time there uh, on midterm the day before the midterm election. So a lot of that concluded me, me to believe that Democrats were playing defense to a certain degree. And then you also had the polling in past elections, which uh, underestimated support for Republicans. You know, this happened in a lot of states and a lot of areas in the 2016, 2018 and 2010 elections. And if you look at the 2020 elections, national polls were the most inaccurate they've been in 40 years. State polls most inaccurate in 20 years. And in looking at that, national polls overestimated support for Biden by an average of 3.9 percent. State polls were similarly skewed toward the Democrats, towards Joe Biden, uh, with the too favorable snapshot of him by 4.3 percent. So I thought, here we are again, where the polls are not picking up what is actually happening and what has all the makings and the fundamentals for a big wave election. So I, I still stand by that all those factors were true. We had a ripe environment for a wave election, but it didn't materialize. So you might ask me, well, Lisa, why didn't it materialize? Here's what I've concluded in conversations with people, also looking at exit polling and, and trying to get a bigger picture of why we didn't quite have the night that a lot of us, including myself, I, I'm admitting, I thought it was going to be a bigger night than it did. I don't think I was wrong to have thought that, but I did miss some things that ended up happening in the midterm elections, which I wasn't expecting. Right. Again, we have to learn from these things. We have to look at what happened and, and, and try to look at what do we need to do different heading into 2024. Again, what happened this election cycle doesn't define 2024, as I pointed out with Time magazine saying the Republican Party was extinct in 19 or 2009. And the Republicans went on to have a, a massive midterm election in 2010. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. So as I was talking about, the conditions for a wave were there, but we didn't execute. So why not? You know, what happened? Where was the breakdown? I mean, if you, if you think about it, midterm elections are normally a referendum on the president, the, the party in charge. Presidential elections are these choice elections where you're really choosing between these two people. But in order to win a midterm election, you need a couple of things. You've got to motivate your base more than the other side, and you've got to win independence. And if you look at exit polling, we didn't do that. Democrats were motivated to turn out in a large part because of Dobbs, because of the issue of abortion, which we see in exit polling actually ended up being the second most important issue in national exit polls. The Democrat base, they were motivated. We should have been more motivated. So they gave them an issue, a reason to turn out. And we didn't win over independence. And I think to some degree that also speaks of what kind of society we're living in where the desire to murder a child supersedes, you know, being murdered in a street with crime. But, you know, that's where we are as a country. It's pretty wild. And, you know, there's been a lot of finger pointing at Trump this election cycle. So I want to get into that a little bit as well. So I think some of it's fair in terms of, you know, their candidate quality argument that's out there. 
I mean, you look at someone like Doug Mastriano, he, he did get crushed in the Pennsylvania gubernatorial race. I mean, that's just a fact. He shouldn't have lost by that much in Pennsylvania. And you had Dr. Oz lose by much less, but I think Mastriano really hurt him. And I, I'm not even an Oz fan, but that is just what the numbers show. And you look at Don Bullock in New Hampshire, he lost significantly as well. Like that race should have been competitive. It wasn't. So some of that is true in terms of, you know, the candidate selection. And sure, yeah, voters have to go out and select these candidates. But, you know, if Trump hadn't endorsed them, would they have been elected? I don't know. Probably not. Right. And then, you know, he also had about 100 million in the bank and didn't use that to boost some of these candidates and, you know, throughout the general election. So, I mean, I think those criticisms are are somewhat fair. I mean, we got to look at this and look at it truthfully. And then, too, you know, as I was mentioning, in a midterm election, it's tend to be a referendum. I do think Trump having a big role in this election and also looking ahead at 2024 and talking about presidential election maybe made it more of a choice election where it's not just a referendum. It's about a whole another aspect of it. So I think the waters got a little muddied with the abortion aspect and then, you know, Trump having a big presence in the midterm elections as well. I mean, we know that he motivates the Republican base, but we also know that he turns off some independents and that, you know, Democrats hate him. And when you have to turn your base out more, that does have an impact. That's not a, you know, be mean towards Trump. It's just to actually try to really look at this and dig in and figure out what happened. But if we're going to take aim at Trump, which a lot of people are, you got to look at the bigger picture, too. I mean, the Republican Party at large really failed to do what they were supposed to do. I mean, you got to look at Kevin McCarthy. You got to look at the committee chairman and, and Ronna McDaniel at the RNC or Tom Emmer at the NRCC or Rick Scott at the NRSC as well, because they didn't do what they're supposed to do either. So, I mean, if you're going to do a pox on Trump's house, it's really got to be everyone. You look at Mitch McConnell probably deserves a significant share of the blame because he canceled 10 million in TV ads for Blake Masters in Arizona while spending millions in Alaska when you're going to have a Republican candidate end up winning in Alaska regardless. You're always going to have a Republican out of that race. So why not spend the money on races that would define the balance of power? So I think Mitch McConnell deserves a significant you know, part of the blame. But, you know, the bottom line is uh, everyone's sort of trying to decide in real time what these elections mean and what the midterms elections mean. When we still don't know what the final results are, right? Like we're still waiting for House races. We're still waiting to figure out what's going to happen in the Senate. We also have the runoff in December with uh, Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker as well. So we're really trying to write a story that is, you know, still somewhat unwritten as we sort of await some of these details and the outcomes of some of these elections. I do want to end with this in the sense of, okay, yeah, we're all disappointed, right? We were expecting a bigger election. And, you know, I admitted I really thought it was going to be bigger. I mean, I think I had justifications for thinking that, but it didn't end up the way I believed. I'm going to take ownership of that. But there were some bright spots as well. I I think some of those bright spots is the fact that Joe Biden is going to remain in office, right? It looked like they were trying to kick him to the curb. You can't do that based off of this election outcome. So Joe Biden will likely be the candidate in 2024, a damaged candidate, you know, approval ratings at 42%. And the economy is probably going to get worse. Sadly, gas prices, all these things are still going to hang over him heading into a 2024 election. Republicans will also end up probably winning the popular vote as well. A really, really bright spot in the state of Florida with Governor Ron DeSantis. I mean, he beat Charlie Crist by 20 points. That's insane. That's the biggest margin in any Florida gubernatorial race in 40 years. I mean, that's literally insane. Florida was previously a competitive state. Now it's a red state. He won 62 of the state's 67 counties. That's crazy. He won the heavily Hispanic Miami-Dade County. That's the first GOP governor candidate to do it in 20 years. 
And what I think he did even more importantly is that with this midterm election, yeah, there was a lot to vote against with Democrats, but Governor DeSantis gave Floridians something to vote for. I mean, he led with freedom. He kept Florida open. He fought the opposition on that. He took on corporations with Disney. He fought indoctrination in schools. Even if you look at his response to Hurricane Ian, it was flawless, so much so that even Joe Biden gave him props. And, you know, the bottom line is that Republicans are still going to be better off than they were before this election in terms of, you know, we will gain seats in the House. We'll see what happens in the Senate. So not the outcome that we wanted, but we got to look to the future and you, you look to the future and Democrats also have a terrible Senate map in 2024. So we'll probably increase our margins that cycle. Next cycle, they're defending twice as many seats as us and including nine really, really competitive Senate seats as well. Was this election what we wanted? No, we still don't have the final results. So I think we kind of need to hold out, see what the full picture looks like at the end of all of this. But we also have a lot to look forward to. I do think that 2024 could go our way. And I do believe that the issues that remain in the country and the country falling apart, I mean, we we can't just give up. We can't just stop fighting. We can't just cede the country to these people. We've got, you know, big, big problems. And it's going to take real leadership. And we've realized that we do have real leaders in this country as well. It's going to be okay. But we'll, we'll keep following this as we move forward and, you know, we get more information. But, you know, don't give up. The fight continues and it's all going to be okay. I hope you enjoyed it. We're obviously going to cover this issue more as we move forward, as we learn more as well. I want to thank John Cassio for putting this show together. I want to thank you guys at home for listening. As always, every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week, The Truth with Lisa Booth. And feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Love reading your reviews. Love seeing your ratings as well. So uh, thanks so much for listening. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.